Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Are you looking on expanding your audience through podcasting? Learn how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. Go to learnpodcastingtoday.com to learn more. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Megan Francis. Megan Francis is the creator and publisher of the Happiest Home blog dedicated to helping moms find more satisfaction and joy in their family and home lives and how to nurture themselves by dreaming big, starting small, and doing what matters. Megan is an author of four books, including her most recent one, The Happiest Mom, 10 Secrets to Enjoying Motherhood. She is also a speaker in conferences like Blisdom and Mom 2.0. Megan is passionate about helping women, especially moms, live intentionally and find more satisfaction in their work, their families, and their homes. So women of the world, Miss Megan Francis, welcome to the show. Thank you. So glad to be here, Marie. We are delighted to have you on our show, and I'm sure our listeners as well. So Megan, I really like what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the sweat equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you. And I want to provide that conduit, you know, the bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime, but these are just general questions that I have in mind. Right, let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind that niche? Sure. Um, well, the Happiest Home blog, um, actually, st- I started it in 2009 under a different name, which was the Happiest Mom blog. And I did that because I had been um, a writer, a freelance writer, for several years at that point and really wanted. To, I was writing for magazines and writing books, but I really wanted a space where I could write about my own ideas and put my own message forward. And that was when um, blogging was really starting to take off as a viable business idea, uh, especially people who were in the, the mom and family blogging space were finding a lot of ways to unique ways to monetize and to work with brands. And I saw that happening and I wanted to be a part of it. But I also knew I wanted to do something a little different than what I saw going on. And what I saw happening was there was a lot of um, kind of sarcastic blogs about the problems of being a mom and, you know, all the stuff that we all know about. You don't get any sleep and all that stuff. And I wanted to tell a different story because by that point I um, I had just had my fifth child. And I had moved into a different place of motherhood where I could really look back and see the things that I had learned to do as a mom that had made me enjoy the experience more. And I really wanted to to tell that story and pass that message on. So um, I really wanted to create a space that was going to be about pursuing a great life as a mom and saying, you can be happy, you can be fulfilled, you can be satisfied in your life as a mom. 
So that was really well received. Um, in the last year, I actually rebranded to the happiest home because my kids are getting older and I'm just finding that my focus are changing a little bit. I'm not so focused on the day to day, you know, taking care of a baby mom stuff. But now I'm looking outward more toward my family life. I've got a growing family, my business, um, how my home functions. My life is changing a little bit. And so the blog has changed a little bit just to kind of reflect that. But it's the same basic business model. So from the happiest mom now evolved to the happiest home. Is that yes. what I'm hearing? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Just a little bit of a broader focus, I think. It's not okay. just about me. It's about, you know, it's about my kids and my family and my community, my relationships, all that kind of stuff as well. Well, I love it. And I think you've also mentioned about, uh, about this one earlier, but I would like for you to let our listeners know what was the defining moment that mm-hmm. prompted you to start this business and made you say, this is my business. You know, I always had an entrepreneurial leaning, I guess. My dad worked for himself, and my very first real job, I actually worked at uh, JCPenney, and I asked them to put me on commission because I wanted to, I, I never wanted to be limited by somebody else's ideas of what I could earn. I came to find that that was not a great idea because um, I was working in a section that nobody bought anything and all the clothes were really cheap, so I don't think I ever earned any commission, but it was a motivator for me. Um, so then I got into my life as a young mom and I had a couple of different, you know, I tried selling cosmetics. I tried doing a couple different, um, sort of like business in a box kind of thing and nothing ever really took off for me. Um, and it didn't really click. So the defining moment for me was I was working an office job, which I liked. Okay. But I didn't love it. And I knew it wasn't my passion. And I was pregnant with my third baby, and I just knew that after he was born, I did not want to go back to work full-time. I had two little kids. I was going to have a third. I just couldn't imagine what my mornings were going to look like, trying to get three kids off to daycare and school and doing that juggle and not really loving what I was doing and also not having any power over how much I could earn. I didn't have an ability to work harder and earn more. It just felt very static. So I'd always loved writing. I didn't know that writing was a viable way for me to make a living at that point, but I decided to look into it. And that was sort of my first step of the journey. So that was when I started writing magazine articles, which led to me writing books, and then which eventually led to me um, starting my blog. So it took about, you know, it was about a seven-year process between the time I started uh, freelancing and the time I launched the blog, but um, six or seven years. But it was definitely all part of the same process. Wow, I love how you evolved that, and I'm sure our listeners are, are you know, related can relate to that one as well. Because most of our listeners, I'm, sh- I'm sure, uh, you know, are on a job that you know probably or most of them probably are not really happy with. And I like the fact that you really motivated. There was an event in your life when you had your third pregnancy that that was the kind of the catalyst that you didn't really didn't want to go back anymore. And then you found out that you have this passion about writing and you explored it. And then that led you to to your blog and to what you but you have out there today. So see, for our listeners out there, there is, you know, there's a sick, sometimes it just, we just have, you know, we have something in us that we don't know that is in there. But sometimes an event like this, like kind of, wow, is spark it that, 
you know, that then we that gives us courage to really go for it. So and that sense of urgency was yeah, so the sense of yes. urgency. They are right. That's a perfect word. Now, your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry, and that resonates very well with a particular portion of our listeners. However, they really like to know what was the compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out. It's really evolved over the years. Um, to be very honest, when I first started, I really just wanted flexibility and freedom to be with my kids during the day. I, I didn't really think about it much beyond that. I wanted to make a decent living. I wanted to be at home. I wanted to do something I liked, end of story. But now that they're getting older and I've been in this space a while, my ambitions have definitely changed. I'm finding that I want to really make a difference for other people because I've learned so much over the years um, just through the experience of being a working mom, an entrepreneurial woman, like all those things that are, are a very unique place to be, I feel. And I want to make a difference and help other people learn how to do that as well and to really innovate in this space. So that's, you know, it's one thing to kind of just do what everybody else is doing. And sometimes that can be a valid way to get your foot in the door. You know, you see what works for other people and then you kind of follow that model. But at some point, I'm getting to the point now where I want to start doing things that people in my space aren't doing. So, for example, um, I started a podcast uh, last year called the Home Hour Podcast. Now, podcasting is really taking off in the business sector, but in where I am in the mom, family, parenting, home area, it's unexplored. There are not a lot of people doing it, which is a little scary because people don't get it mm -hmm. <laughs> and they don't understand. You know, it's like podcast. I don't even know. Some of my readers have actually said, I would love to listen to your podcast, but I don't know how. And so there's a lot of educating that has to happen, but it's exciting too, because you can be on the brink of things that aren't being done. So my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter goes to kindergarten in the fall. And I keep joking that, you know, I've really been kind of in like working as hard as I have to, um, but still being able to really be there for my, whichever children are home during the day for the last 10 years which is how long I've been um, freelance, which was long, how long I've been self-employed. But when she's off to kindergarten and I have those full days to myself, it's like hit the ground running time because I want to expand my vision and I don't know what's out there. It's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the takeaway here for our listeners is that the vision that you have for your business is kind is going to evolve. I mean, first of all, it is really practical. When we go into business, we have this, this tangible uh, goal that we have in mind because we really want that flexibility, the freedom to be able to provide for our family. But then after that one, it transcends beyond our needs. Now we want to make a difference to other people. And I, I really love the fact that you mentioned on exploring or expanding your platform by doing podcasts because like what we, what we are doing here, this is a podcast and it's one way of you know, reaching a wider audience. And I like podcasting because you can hear the person, you can hear them. They're almost like there's more um, intimate uh, relationship, uh, if yes. I should say, because you can hear the mirrors. You can, they feel like so close to you. And I totally agree with you with uh, with your niche, with the, the mom niche, the home niche. And I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of moms out there who kind of love your podcast because mm -hmm. there's not, like what you said, there's not too many out there. So yeah. kudos to you for getting this uh, this podcast out there for moms out there that are really, that is going to be really uh, interested in, in having this to, you know, to, to listen to and not only to listen to, but to learn from, from you as well, from your story and from your experience. Yeah, thank you. It's been, it's been really exciting and fun to learn. I, I'm enjoying the, the medium a lot. So yeah, it's fun. 
Right. Now let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this vision into a reality. What are some uh, personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur? That's a really good question. And some of them, I think, are things I might have just been born with and others are things that I've had to kind of cultivate. So I think that the number one thing that's always motivated me is um, being very fiercely independent. And I, I don't think that that's something you can necessarily, um, maybe it's something you're born with or you're not, I'm not exactly sure, but I always felt like there was a better way to do things. And that's, I've been that way since school. You know, I'd be the, the kid sitting in class thinking, there's got to be a better way to learn this. Or <laughs> I'd be the kid who, who would always question, why do I have to, you know, why do I have to be there at this time? Or why is it that I have to get this score on my ACT or whatever it was? And so that questioning always, um, sort of the status quo, I think is one of the biggest, is one of the biggest traits of being a su successful entrepreneur because you can't just accept what's given to you. You have to try different things and you have to be willing to put yourself out there um, in in new ways and sometimes kind of un, uncharted ways. So that's number one. Um, I think number two is something that I had to cultivate over time and that would be a belief in myself and a belief that I could do something that other people said they couldn't do. So especially when I was first building my business, I got a lot, I would hear a lot of people talk um, about how difficult it was to be, for example, a successful writer. And they would throw around stats, you know, like 97% of writers never make more than $3,000 or whatever their stats were. And, and I just always kind of had to tell myself that I was not the average, that I was not the 97%, that I was the 3% or whatever it was, that for whatever reason, whether it was because I was just going to try harder than everybody else or because I wanted it more, I was not, I was going to be the person who was going to rise above that and make it happen. And um, I think that that has really, has been probably the biggest thing. Um, just because I, I absolutely, when I hear someone say, you can't, my first, you know, my first inclination is to say, yes, I can, or don't tell me I can't, you know, so <laughs> um, it's really helpful because sometimes you don't, you don't land on your feet and you fall down and you have to real, you have to believe that the next time you try, it's going to, it's going to stick. Um, I think that the third one, and this is something that, you know, it weaves into everything that I do is the ability to build relationships with other people because, I cannot say how big an impact other people have had on my success at every single level. And that's from the readers that I connect with to the people who've hired me, to the people who've referred me for jobs, to the people who've had me in mind when they hear about an opportunity. Um, you really can't forget about making those connections with other people. I think that cannot be overstated. Talent is great. Hard work is great. But if without other people to help you, you're not you're just going to be talking to yourself <laughs> and you're not going to get very far. Wow. Love what you've just shared. And those are huge takeaways for our listeners out there. But let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So can you share with them what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? I think the biggest one for me has been the changing landscape. And by that, I mean that when I started, when I started working as a writer, I had a sort of specific idea in mind for how that would look, how my success would look. And um, 
and that was when blogging was really something people just did for fun. It wasn't, you know, yet internet business was nothing like it is now back in 2002 or 2003 when this was all started, started um, getting off the ground for me. So the landscape changed so much and continues to change. Um, an example of that is the space that I'm in, the mom blogger kind of uh, place online. When I started my blog in 2009, and I wasn't a newbie to the mom blogging world because I had been um, blogging all along, just not in my own space. I'd been writing for other sites. So I had connections already, but it was wide open back then. It was If you wanted to come in and, and stake a claim online, it was pretty easy to do it. It wasn't very saturated. Wow, has that changed. <laughs> so those I think that the, the landscape changing, and just in the last year, I've seen the way people attract um, traffic to their blogs has changed. And uh, Pinterest has made a big difference in the way uh, moms specifically and family-oriented blogs get attention and get traffic. And people are using social more and not commenting as much. It's very different. And I think that's probably been the number one challenge. The way I address it is to just keep innovating. You have to figure out where, if something's not working anymore, there's really no point in lamenting the fact that it's not working anymore. Um, the, what you have to do is say, okay, so what's the next thing? And I think for some people that can feel like a lot of scrambling around, I find it very exciting, but I have to talk myself into it sometimes. I don't, you know, it's not like every day I roll out of bed and say, I'm so glad things are changing and I have to completely <laughs> redefine my business model. Um, yay. I mean, sometimes it's like, ugh, you know, I was just getting in a good rhythm and now there's new SEO guidelines or, you know, Facebook is changing their, uh, their, you know, the way that they show the posts again. I keep uh, algorithms. Yeah. Uh, things change a lot and keeping up with it is difficult. The other one I want to mention really quickly that I kind of touched on before was the relationship building. People move around a lot and maintaining relationships can be tricky for that reason. But I just think it's so important. It really cannot be underestimated because people will move on. And at first it can be a bummer. Like if I'm working with someone who say manages a brand that I work with, who is one of my sponsors, and then she gets laid off and goes someplace else. You never know what the relationship I've built with that person might do for me down the road. So it's really important to maintain those relationships as well. Wow, those are huge uh, learning there for, for our listeners uh, who are listening right now be, with what you've shared because you're right, special notice. I'm sure blogging back, back then, like maybe like five, even, five, even five years ago, yeah, probably so different nowadays. Because can you imagine all the technology nowadays, all the social media popping up? Mm -hmm. There is, there's a lot of new things. And if you're not able to innovate or to keep up with what is going on or what's the trend out there, then you're going to be left behind. Your business is going to be left behind. So it's really important to be able to keep up and then to adapt to what, it, what the changes are and to innovate uh, in whatever area you are in. Because that's really huge to keep up with your audience, to keep up with, to grow your business in, mm -hmm. in a large sense. So, wow, thank you for sharing that one. Yeah. Now, let's just switch gears for a little bit and talk about how you stay focused and inspired and maintain this work-life balance that a lot of entrepreneurs kind of just a quote-unquote kind of a myth that it doesn't yeah. exist. But <laughs> yeah. our listeners would really love your perspective on what are the ways, because I know there's no such thing as perfect work-life balance, but what are some of the ways that you keep yourself focused and inspired? And yeah, this work-life balance thing, what are some of the ways that you keep that one? Sure. Um, I think that 
I, I kind of am on, in the team that thinks that the idea of work-life balance, the way we see it, is a, a bit of a myth. Because I think that the way, especially parents who work from home, especially moms I know who work from home or who are trying to launch businesses, they're often, they see work-life balance as sort of this day-to-day -day thing. So I'm going to take my kids to school or daycare at 8.30, then I'm going to come home and work for, you know, five hours, then I'm going to go to the gym or whatever it is that they think that they have to fit all into a day. And then I'm going to make dinner and then we're all going to have family time and it's going to look like that every day. And I'll tell you, I have a day like that, you know, maybe once every few months. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is not my reality. But what I do have is sometimes, you know, the beauty of working from home and the beauty of, of having my own business is that there might be a day when I barely see my kids. They come home and I, you know, give them some dinner and I say, you guys, I am working on a deadline. I'm really sorry. Dad's going to take over or, you know, the sitters are going to take over or whatever it is. But then there are days that I can blow off what I'm doing because it's just not a busy time and I can go to the park in the middle of the day or I can um, take the kids out of school and we can go on a vacation because I have that freedom. So I feel like it's not the day-to-day -day balance. It's more like your whole life. If you looked at you, if you looked at your life in say three month increments, there's going to be the crazy period, and there's hopefully going to be some downtime. And in my life, I am like a play hard, work hard kind of a person. So I will work really hard two, three days a week, and then I kind of relax for one or two days a week, and then I'm sort of like middling the other two. But I, for me, that's what balance looks like. It's not a day to day kind of a thing, and. I, I think that that's what helps me stay focused and inspired, honestly, because if I just wanted to recreate a nine to five work life, you know, if I just wanted to work nine to five every day, I might as well be in an office. That's not what my work rhythms look like. My work rhythms look like crazy energy for, you know, one whole day. I get so much done. It's crazy and insane. And then the next day I can just kind of take a break. That's how my workflow looks. And I've had to really learn to embrace that and not feel bad about it because it doesn't look the way a 40 hour work week would, but there's a reason I'm not working a 40 hour work week. <laughs> so, um, the, you know, a typical 40 hour work week, the way it would look in an office. So that's, I guess that's my advice there. I, I do think just kind of being flexible and, um, recognizing opportunities when they're in front of you. So if there's a day where I'm just running my head against the wall and I'm not getting anything done and I'm trying to work, but nothing's really moving and I don't have the energy and I, nothing's sticking. Well, I could sit there at my desk for another three more hours, you know, pretending to work and messing around on Facebook or not getting anything done. Or I could just say, this isn't a good time for me. I'm going to shut this down and I'm going to go do something in my house. I'm going to go take the kids for a walk. I'm, I'm going to do something else because right now isn't the best time for me to be working. And so I think you have to recognize those opportunities and where you are in your mind um, to be able to just jump on whatever it is that's the best use of your time right now and the best use of your energy right now. And uh, so I think knowing yourself and just being willing to do things differently. And there's a reason why we're doing things differently in the first place. So don't be afraid to also have a different work schedule than, than eight to five. And don't be afraid to have your week set up differently than other people might. Um, because you, you, you get to create this business yourself. It's your business. It's yeah. your family. You get to make it the way you want, you know. Right. And I think the takeaway here is that because you have your, your business, you have you are your own boss, you are able to make a schedule or be flex a flexible schedule that works around your priorities in life. And right. look at May Megan, you know, she's juggling being a mom and running this business and she's able to do it. So for our listeners out there, it's all about 
scheduling your your time around what it is important to you so like what she's doing she crank up a lot of uh, some days doing a lot of work and then some days she just kind of slow down relax and spend some time with, with the kids and like that so that's one way and if that works for you then go for it but then find that schedule or find that kind of time that that's working for you because obviously as a mom and you, as a business owner you have priorities in life that you really that needs your time your business consumes much of your time but then at the same time there are other areas in your life that needs your attention as well that needs your time so it's really important to one way of what I do is to I schedule my day I structure my day and and I have I put everything on calendar so I see uh, what is going to happen day one or week on during this week or next month or like that because that helps me to kind of structure our, my my business and my family that revolves around me so it's really important to find time to what is important to you be that family be that your business and yourself as well so work-life balance although yeah it's, there's not, not, nothing, nothing really as perfect as a work-life balance, but it is how you deal with your day-to-day um, mm. lives. And that's what Megan says too. So, wow, thank you so much for sharing your perspective on that. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be entrepreneurs, because you obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience. So take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you're headed at? And if you can boil them to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? I think that the first one would be that in the beginning, um, you are going to have to be willing to sacrifice something. And I work with um, I work with a lot of people who want to start businesses. And it's interesting because I can usually tell within the first couple of weeks which ones are going to make it and which ones aren't. And often it's the people who are saying, okay, I'm clearing the decks. I'm going to stay up late or I'm going to get up early. I'm going to work my lunch hours. I, you know, I quit a bunch of um, volunteer commitments or whatever it is, because right now this is what I'm focusing on. And I, and, and some people just kind of want to fit it in in their free time. And, and you can, to a certain degree, get things done in your free time, but it can't just be an hour here and an hour there. The beginning, you really have to get that momentum going and it is a little scary sometimes to tell your spouse that you're not going to be available um, to make dinner every night or, or that, you know, to tell your friends you're not going to be going out with them to dinner for your usual thing or whatever. To give up your – it's funny. Something as simple as giving up that TV show you always watch on Thursday at 8 o'clock or whatever it is can really be a sticking point for people. And what I tell people is it's not forever. Um, but this is just a, a high intensity period of time where you're building that momentum. And when you really just focus, and if you have another job that makes it harder, but it's not impossible. You can find times of your day that other people don't need you. And maybe that's early, early morning, or maybe that's late at night or whatever it is. Um, I just think that you really have to be willing to put in that, that period of really intensive time right at the beginning. And then after that, I mean, it kind of, it evens out and you, you get back into a more manageable schedule. Nobody wants to live like that forever, but it does help when you're getting things off the ground. Um, the second thing would be to keep your eyes on your own paper. And by this, by that, I mean, 
you can look to other people for inspiration, but if you're always comparing yourself or, you know, looking at other people and saying, why has she got that opportunity? Or why is, you know, his blog suddenly taking off through the roof or why then all you're doing, you're never going to be able to, um, completely follow somebody else's formula for success because their formula was a snapshot in time. That was whatever the market conditions were that day, that month, whatever, their personality, their contacts, it's very unique recipe and you've got your own unique recipe. So I like to look for others for inspiration, but not comparison. And by that, I might look at somebody who's in a completely different niche than me and think, wow, they're, they have a really great um, style of interviewing somebody, or I really like the way they've got their navigation bar set up on their site or something like that. Little pieces of their success that I can try to sort of emulate or, in, or incorporate into my own work. But I can't just look at somebody else and say, what did they do? I'm going to do that, A, B, and C, and then I'm going to have their level of success. It just doesn't work that way. So that was number two. And then number three would be, um, again, going back to these relationships, just get to know people right away in your space as soon as you can. Be generous, be a resource to others, and ask for help. And um, I have a good friend. Her name is Tish, and she runs a blog called theartofsimple.net. And her strategy that she explained to me a while ago is, to um, to reach up, to reach across, and reach down, and I love that because it's reach down to help people who are a step or two behind you, and you know help them and pull them up to where you are. Reach across to people who are in the same space as you, sort of at the same level, and share what's going on with you, and and you can be a resource to each other. And then reach up and ask for help, and look to other people for guidance who are further along down the path than you. Um, and no matter where you are, no matter how early on you are, you have something to offer someone else. I mean, even people who come to me and uh, who are readers of my blog and just send me an email and say, you know, I really loved what you said here, or this, this blog has really made a difference to me. That has helped me. They have been a resource to me by giving me some encouragement or letting me know what they like about what I'm doing or letting me know what, what they don't like about what I'm doing. That's, you know, that's helpful. So there are ways to be helpful and a resource and generous no matter where you are. And making those connections is so important. So it just can't be underestimated. I know I've touched on that now three times, <laughs> but it's it's just it, it's so important that I ha I would talk about it all day. So <laughs> no, but those it, are my three. Yeah, those are huge takeaways for our listeners out, out there that you can take action on today. I mean, those three th tips that Megan just shared are so valuable. And let me just summarize them again. The first one is to be willing to make some sacrifices because you're right. I mean, building a business, yeah, takes a lot of your time and energy and not only that but that we have to be willing to sometimes we have to yeah to make these sacrifices so uh, and it, ca it can be but you know, with your time it can be being with your family yeah but like what you said i like what you said about it's not going to be like that forever Mm -hmm. uh, there is, there is, it's not going to be, your life is going to be like that. And then the second one is to keep your eyes on your own paper. And I love what you, your, when you, your explanation on this, that we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to others, but let others be an inspiration of what we're doing and what it is that's working for them. Let it be an inspiration to you. And then the third one is to get to know people in your niche. And I love when you said about reaching down, reach across and reaching up while wow, you covered all of those um, 
areas of the people we should be um, reaching out or we should be partnering and you know compare you know your comp- competitor should not be your uh, competitor but make them as partners i i also love that i always love that phrase to make your competitors partners versus competitors so thank you for sharing those now what's one resource that you use in your business that's radically changing the way you do business so I, I, I'm a kind of an analog person. I use what works as far as technology goes. Um, so the one thing that I'm not sure this counts as a tool or an app, but I have to say that listening to business podcasts like this one has completely changed the way that I do business. So the space I'm in, this sort of mom blogger, um, family blogger space is really heavy uh, on creativity and expression. Like if I had to say when I go to conferences in my niche, there's a lot of talk about writing well and community building, but there's not as much hard business advice. So things like, you know, what is the best way to set up an opt-in email newsletter, for example, um, that you just don't get that kind of advice as much. So a, a couple of years ago, I guess, and I don't remember how I stumbled across it, I started listening to the Smart Passive Income podcast. It was, I think, the first or second podcast I'd ever really listened to just using my phone and I would listen to it while I was making dinner. And then, you know, of course, what ends up happening um, is that I found out who he'd been on their, sh- you know, who Pat Flynn had been at- on as a guest and started listening to their shows. And so now it's expanded. I listen to like 10 or 15 different business and marketing podcasts. And the great thing about it is that I, I listen to them while I'm making dinner. I listen to them while I'm driving around. I listen to them during times I wouldn't otherwise be able to be working. And it becomes like my, it becomes sort of like my, um, lifelong learning or my homework time. So, you know, I've just, I put in my several hours of writing and doing stuff and answering emails and all the things I have to physically be available to do with my hands during the day. And then I'm shifting gears into family time. But in between, I sort of have this little transition where I'm, I'm educating myself, I'm learning, I'm finding things out and I'm doing it while I'm starting the family portion of my day, which is, it's a really nice transition for me. And I've learned so much. So it's been a really huge, um, a really huge boost, and I would recommend that anybody find, you know, just like this one, other good podcasts in this space to listen to and get inspired, and to hear what how people who are in completely different niches from you are doing things too is, I think, very helpful. I echo what you said, and I had the privilege to uh, meet Pat Flynn in person here in San Diego, and you know his Smart Passive Income podcast has been a catalyst to what I'm doing, and and, and because from that one I met. Uh, John Dumas, who is my mentor of Entrepreneur on Fire, and f- so a lot of these people who who are ha- who have podcasts that are on different niches, you really you are learning. I've been loving the podcast because, like you're right, it is they are so portable, and there's different kinds of niches that you can learn from. So it's a it's a big resource for me as well. And the fact that I can listen to them anywhere I am, like if I'm on the gym, if I'm walking, or you know, if you're outside. So it's so it's so. There's a lot of resources out there, so there's kind of uh, no excuse not to learn and uh, uh, building our business or learning from others who are who are doing who are making things happen there. So I am a big fan of podcasts as well. Now entrepreneurs are wide readers. Can you share a, a book or two that our listeners can get that will help them grow personally and professionally? Sure. Well, I listen. I've been reading a lot of um, business books, so I had to really kind of strain my brain to come up with two that, you know, that I would say they have really stood out lately. Um, but here are two that I just recently have, have been impressed by. The first is Good to Great by Jim Collins. And I didn't really even, at first that one wasn't really on my radar because it's about big companies. And I, 
I'm a small company. I, I don't ever really want to be a huge multi-million dollar company. That's not something that is my a goal of mine. So I thought, oh, I don't know if that's going to really apply to me. But what I what I loved about it was that while reading sort of his profiling of companies who've excelled versus ones, you know, the ones that have gone from good to great, there are a lot of there are a lot of parallels between what a big business does and a small business can do to go from good to great. So I thought that that was a great resource. The other one that I've that I liked recently was um, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk, and I actually listened to that on audiobook. Um, and I think that on audiobook, I really liked how much of his personality came across. It was kind of like, you know, I, he was one of the first sort of big internet personalities that I became familiar with back when he was doing Wine Library TV. My husband and I used to watch that and just crack up because we thought it was so funny. So it was kind of fun to hear his personality come across on the audiobook. And it's not a super long, you know, listen. It wasn't, didn't take a ton of time. And he had a lot of great anecdotes about how he got started and, his successes. So those were two, those are two very different, but, um, I thought equally, equally, uh, useful and, and valuable. Yeah. Love those books as well. Now, what's one favorite success principle that has guided you to success and that which you can leave our listeners with today? I really think again, coming back to the, the belief in yourself, um, you have to believe that you can do it. It self-doubt is such a waste of time. It's why people have novels sitting on their hard drives that they'll never send to a publisher. <laughs> and, you know, talent is important and hard work are important and all those things are really important. But if if you don't believe you can do it, you're right. Whatever. I can't remember how that saying goes exactly, but you have to believe that it's going to be you, that you're going to be the one. And that's what gets you up in the morning and, and makes you hit the, you know, the the virtual pavement again and again. Absolutely. Now, Megan, in my mind, you are a superhero or shall I say superheroine because you have done this, you have done that, but you've also experienced a lot of challenges that our listeners definitely relate. So if you were a superhero, who do you want to be and why? And it doesn't happen to be a cartoon character, but can be someone you admire and look up to. Well, when when I, I thought, of course, of Wonder Woman right away because I'm a child of the 80s <laughs> and um, I always loved her little headband. But I, you know, the thing that always struck me about her is that she got herself out of any problem. So if she was like tied to the train tracks or I think there was one where she was tied to a rotating saw, I don't remember, but <laughs> <laughs> she always came up with some innovative way to get out of it. And she had that confidence. And so I guess it would be Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman, the Wonder, the, Megan, the Wonder Woman. <laughs> All right. So share our listeners, what's the best way that they can connect with you and kind of watch how you grow and succeeding more so that they can serve as an example for our own efforts. And so we all can be more than we are today. Absolutely. Well, if you're, um, if you're a mom and you're sort of, uh, you know, if you're, thinking about family and life balance and that sort of thing, um, definitely check out thehappiesthome.com. Uh, that's where, that's sort of my lifestyle blog. And there's a lot of, it's a lot of great, really easy ideas for ways that you can just make your life more satisfying and happy and sane. Um, if you're more interested in finding out about the business side of what I do, I do offer classes and coaching and all those kinds of things. You can go to my site, meganfrancis.com and I'll have a landing page actually set up for readers with some free downloads and goodies for you. So go to, it's M-E-A-G-A-N. So my my parents threw an extra A in my name. So meganfrancis.com slash Marie. And um, that will be the best way to find me there. 
Wow, awesome. Thank you for being generous in, uh, in uh, providing us free resource for our listeners, for the listeners of today's Leading Women. So the links, again, are thehappiesthome.com and meganfrancis.com slash marie. So for the listeners of today's Leading Women, make sure to go to meganfrancis.com slash marie for all the goodies. And by the way, all of these fantastic resources and the links mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic shown notes at todaysleadingwomen.com. All you have to do is to, you know, type in the name Megan Francis on the search bar and he will find it for you. So for our listeners out there who are driving or were not able to write those links, I'm going to have those ones on the show notes as, as well. But again, the link is meganfrancis.com forward slash Marie. Now, Megan, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you. It's been wonderful being here. Podcasting is taking the world by storm. If you are a marketer and not using this platform, your business is missing out on a big opportunity to reach a wider audience. Find out how you can create, grow, and monetize your podcast and take your podcasting skills from novice to experts. Go to learnpodcastingtoday.com now. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top three iPhone apps that these high-achieving women use to get things done lightning fast today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash apps for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.